Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Last Call Podcast, Episode 4. I'm Steve Armato, alongside Connor Rogers. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I know we took the week off, but now we're back. Um, Connor is actually back from Iceland, so let's start with that. How how was Iceland? Iceland was amazing. So much better than New York City. Really? Just to be away, just somewhere that hasn't been ruined by people yet. Was really nice. Yeah, real okay. That's yeah. it, it, how, why hasn't it been ruined by people? Is it it's just it's, it's beautiful because it's just all nature. There's no there's one there. city, but it's also clean. But everything else is just natural and just it's awesome. I know you had an amazing week. We both just got excellent. We both just had an amazing week because Yoannis Cespedes is back with the New York Mets. Four years, hundred ten million. I think great job by them. Excellent. And Excellent. now it's time to go get They cash. ponied up the cash. This is a move that shocked me. We've talked about the Mets on this podcast. I've said they're going to disappoint people. Sesame will not be back. Here are my reasons. One, the Mets have not proved to us until now that they will invest this kind of money. This is top caliber kind of money. I mean, he's making, what, $27.5 million over the next four years per year? Average $27.5 yeah. million. You know, he's going to make the the... Second highest average annual salary only, only behind Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. So this was shocking. And number two, it's I'm still a little surprised. Cespedes. I guess they did gauge their market, but look at this free agency class. It's not good. I thought he was going to command nearly uh, almost 130 million on the total deal. But he's also 31. Yep. And teams are starting to get smarter with those long-term deals. No that, doubt. That they don't want to give the big like 10-year, six-year, eight-year yep. deal. You know, they're getting smarter with that. And the Mets, I feel like the Mets realized we have a window of about four years with all our young pitchers. No doubt. Right now. We got to pay this guy because I read a stat today. The Mets are, since he has come here in the middle at the trade deadline two seasons ago, the Mets are 106 and 74 with him in the lineup. They're 18 and 23 without him in the lineup. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. They need him on the team. They needed him. They got the guy they needed. Now it's time to trade Jay Bruce. It is time to trade trade Jay Bruce, and I was glad to read today that they are they have zero interest in trading not only Michael Conforto but also Juan Lagares because this is a team right now. Cespedes is going to play left field. This is a team right now without a center fielder. If you trade Juan, Lig- I'm I like Juan Lagares more than most. Do I think he's a a higher tier fourth outfielder rather than a starter? Maybe, but right now I would not trade him. I can live with him playing a majority of time in center field. I like. Here's why I don't trade Conforto. One, you're you're just selling so low. Two, I, I still think he could be a star. And three, why I wouldn't trade Curtis Granderson, although they are listening to offers, is that he's the one guy that you can count on in the postseason. I agree with that on Granderson. Also, I think that Granderson means more to the Mets than he does to any other team That's that he's going to go to. Cespedes as well. Cespedes as well. And I think you don't trade a guy like Granderson. Not only, look, is he going to strike out a ton and probably hit 220? Yeah, but he's going to hit 25 home runs. He's a great guy in the clubhouse. The whole team loves him. There's no reason to get rid of that guy. You only have him for one more year. Let him be there. And you know what? Maybe Conforto ends up beating him out. And, you know, Granderson's the type of guy that if for the good of the team, he has to platoon or play limited playing time, he's going to do that. And he also didn't play that poorly in center field last year. It's not ideal to have him in center, but if he needs to play it to keep bats in the lineup, then he plays it. No doubt. And that also brings a point. If he does get beat out by Conforto, which would surprise a lot of people, then if that's your guy coming off the bench, then you're doing pretty well. I, I so And I don't care about he makes this kind of money at this point. We're past that with the Mets. I don't care what anyone makes. This is the team. Play the best guys. They're putting money in the right places. I'm glad Neil Walker's back. I'm glad Cespedes is back. Yep. I'm glad what this outfield is going to look like. I don't love Jay Bruce. I know the argument is, hey, what if you keep Bruce and you have him and Cespedes in the lineup back-to-back and he does produce? That's too many question marks. Too many I'm question- not rolling into the season with that. I want this team to go back to the World Series, and I want as little question marks as possible. I totally agree. And also, when you look at the other holes that this team has, right now the glaring hole is catcher. It's Look, Travis Darno, Travis Darno is not the guy who's going to be there. You can get a decent catcher and maybe a reliever for Jay Bruce because he still had 99 RBIs last year and hit 30 home runs and he's only owed 13 million this year. Yep. There's a team that is going to want that and 
you you need to sh get him. He's it's just a log jam right now in the outfield, and he's the piece that doesn't fit. I don't care if you bring in a catcher that hits 190 because that's pretty much what we've been getting. I need a catcher that is going to play yes. stud defense, who's going to throw people out. He's going to control the running game. He's going to handle the pitching staff. Is I can't have Travis Darno missing 90 mile an hour fastballs down the middle that go to the backstop and guys get two bases on him. I can't have that. I'd rather put Rene Rivera out there again than Travis Darno. I would too. I, you, I mean, I'm not saying we know he can't hit, but at least he calls a good game and he can play defense and, and he has a good arm. He has a great arm, and also he did hit a little bit. He did, and he, he hit, hit more than, than Darno, and he hit more than Darno. That's really sad. And now we're going to move to. The Yankees real quick because yeah. they're in hot pursuit right now. They're going hard at Chapman. All reports, all signs are pointing. They're throwing money at Chapman. That's their guy. Starting pitching, though, you are saying... Don't go after Rich Hill. <laughs> We've talked about this. we talked about You're Rich Hill. And don't get into a bidding war for Rich Hill. No. I, I saw four teams reported, one of them being the Yankees, in on him. Teams' interest reports can be shaky with a, what agents do, but I fully believe the Yankees have called about Rich Hill. And I don't know why, because Rich Hill is a piece for a win-now team that needs to win this year that also has two studs in front of him. You yes. can't, you he's can't, not the guy. He's not the guy. He's a nice three or a nice four. He's not a one or a two. You're going to throw a bunch of money at him. He's 36 years old. Yankees are young, have a young team now, have a young lineup. They can win in a few years. Rich Hill is not the piece that you're bringing in that's going to be the missing piece to that rotation. I don't know why you're going to throw money or get into a bidding war. You, you said it perfectly. If you do get Rich Hill, maybe you do get a good year out of him this year. I think anything the Yankees get this year is gravy. I do think they are going to feel a competitive team. I'm convinced of that. But this isn't the Yankees team that's going back to the World Series. What they can do is make that run it may be the following two years, and I think Rich Hill will be done by then. This is a guy that's breaking down. I mean, yeah, he had a great year, but it was a shock. It's a it's it was a shock, but he only he also anomaly. he also only started twenty games. Yes, he's he, not in it for the long haul. Don't Yankees don't do this. Go hard at Chapman. That's fine. Let the kids play in the outfield. Don't go. I mean, I'm glad they didn't go. I mean, obviously, we're glad they didn't go on in the Cespedes, but not just for Mets reasons. They didn't need to sign a vet. They don't need a veteran. No, you have, no. What I mean, will they go after McCutcheon now? Though I wouldn't be shocked. No, that that's not the anything I'm reading. Nothing with McCutcheon. Uh, I he's, doubt he's that. Get traded. Also, and it also on McCutcheon for a second. If you're the Pirates, you could not pick a worse time to trade him. He's coming off his worst season. You're not, and you, and I'm reading. They're expecting a big haul for him. He's coming off his worst year. No. Why are you going to trade a guy at his lowest point? And they've also backed themselves into this corner now where you've kind of, to, at least today it's seen that way, where it's gone from, hey, they'll listen to, hey, they want him gone. You just never do that with the face of a franchise player because if they if you can't get what you expected for him and you try to bring him back, it creates a gigantic problem. Also, what what do you have to lose by keeping him on your team? I, he I is probably it. going to bounce back this year. Guys have bad years. It happens. He's only 30 years old. He's going to bounce back and have a great year. And you know what? I actually do hope the Pirates trade him and he Me just too. just has a monster year. And just you could laugh in the, organi in the organization's face because yeah. there is no reason to be talking about trading that guy. Send him to the AL. Less the Mets have to play a guy like that, the better. I love Andrew McCutcheon. So he's, he's one of the top. He's everything you could ask for in a baseball game. And I don't care what these defensive metrics say and what, whatever you read and the, the Sabre metrics. Save the guy it. runs Save the it. ball. Like, just yeah. – I'm just – Shut up! Um, I, all these people, you, all the people who do all these advanced stats, never stepped foot on a baseball field before, and I have absolutely no idea what it's like because you were sitting there crunching numbers in gym class. All right, that it, it's not it's real. Relevant. It's not relevant, and I'm gonna go to not relevant as we move <laughs> on. The Giants' offense is not relevant because look, they're eight and three. They're they are they're an ugly eight and three. They are an, the most unimpressive eight and three I've ever seen. The defense. Look, I know they haven't really played great offenses. The defense has been way better than I thought, and they 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 were carrying the mail this week they, yeah. against against, against Cleveland the against the Browns. Man, like, and I want to ask you this question: Think about how bad this offense is. Now I want you to think about how bad this offense can possibly be if Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt on a punt. I mean, there's just no words of how bad this offense would be because there is. I get it. People try telling me, oh, well, Victor Cruz is a good number three. Or, listen, I like Sterling Shepard, but outside of – listen, there's no pieces in this offense outside of Odell Beckham 
that you even have to game plan around. No. You can go out and play in a cover two shell and most vanilla defense with no game plan if Odell Beckham is not across from you. Yes. They, they, no one will beat you. No. They're There's not, no one that you say, well, beat. we got to put t- two guys on him or we got to brush off this side of the edge. No. Cruz has that one play a game because everybody else is worrying about Odell. And Sterling, yeah. she- and Sterling, Shep- Sterling Shepard's having a great year for a rookie even though he wasn't targeted the other day, which I still... And that's a, that's another mind-boggling thing too is how they struggle to find a place in the offense for him at times. Sometimes he'll go from twelve targets one week to no targets. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what their offense has no identity because they no. can't run the ball. Eli is just continually missing open guys. He, that's a little scary too. Ball it, placement is kind of a sign of where, what's going on with Eli. This isn't just hey he's got a bad offensive line. This is like a hey he looks kind of off. This is like a hey when guys are open he's not hitting them. Also the line stinks. They have Odell Beckham. That's, and it. that's it. And he it goes to show you how good Odell Beckham is. Is that he takes a corner and a safety. And still constantly wins. Yes. Constantly. He, yes. He is... I mean, everyone knew he was the real deal. He is just so much better than everyone on their offense. They're 8-3 right now. I don't know. I just... This isn't a team... I, we, we kill them every week and they keep winning. I My point here is they are in... And I know they beat them. You don't have to tell me. I know they're the only team to hold Ezekiel Elliott under like four yards of carry. They're in for a rude awakening against this Cowboys team. Rude away because because this is a different Cowboys team. I don't think anybody in the Giants secondary can cover Des Bryant. I think Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line will get running room against them. Something the Giants have done well. The Giants can stop the run. They've stopped the run well. They're this not going to stop the run against the Dallas Cowboys, and they're not going to contain a mobile I mean, it was quarterback this, and Dak Prescott. It, well, I agree with you on the quarterback because they can't contain mobile quarterbacks. No. Um, they might hold the run game in check. I mean. That offensive line was still was still the same offensive line week one. Now the issue becomes they don't really. I know JPP had three sacks this week. Yep. I, I get that. I know yep. the pass rush has been better, but their pass rush really isn't great. And it's not. you're gonna let Dak probably sit back there and give Dez time to get open. And then if you do end up deciding to bring a blitz. Dak's going to get around it, and he's going to run around you and scramble for some serious yardage. So, yes, I know the Cowboys are better. They are playing way better. They're a better team. They're coached better. They are definitely coached better because Ben McAdoo is not a head coach, as we've said no. every single week on this podcast. You can script an opening drive. That's, That's about it. it. However, I think – I know this is very cliche, but rivalry game, Giants at home – I don't think they're going to get smacked. I think it'll be a game for a little bit. All right. I, listen, I, it's not crazy. Maybe I'm taking the strong stance. And I seem like a hater. I am waiting for, you know, I mean, listen, this is, the Browns gave them a hard time. I think this Cowboys Well, the team, Browns gave the Steelers a hard time, too, but nobody's talking about Browns that. Gave the Jets a hard time. Yeah, Browns gave the Jets a hard time, too. All right. Yeah, we're going to change the tone a little bit now. Yeah, we'll go into something that we love to have some fun with, and this is our Where in the World segment. Steve, I love yours so much because I've actually met this guy. You met him? I've met him. He doesn't speak a lick of English. No, not at all. Not even hello. No, no. But he is the happiest person on planet Earth. And for someone that doesn't speak English, I can tell you he's still the nicest person because he will just sit there, smile, and sign. When I, I was a, ki- a little kid. He'll sign everything that you, you want him to and sign. And has no clue. No clue. He's but, just there smiling. And, so, Steve. And he's still smiling a lot. So my, <laughs> oh God. so my uh, where in the world this week is former Met great Shiyoshi Shinjo. Legend. All right? Legend. Legend. Met legend. I mean, he was on that team. He was on the, the team that had the outfield of fourth outfielders that went to the World Series. Still tell me how. I have no clue. It's just basically Piazza just carrying them. Anyway, Shiyoshi Shinjo, former Met great. He is currently one of the most famous models and actors in Japan. This man is a multi-millionaire face of Japan. Okay, he's like the Brad Pitt in Japan. So there were first reports from Adam Rubin that he was actually a porn star. He's not. Those reports are not true. He is a male model. It'd be cooler if he was. It would be way cooler if he was a porn star. But he is a male model with his wife and he is an actor, famous actor in wow. and this you guys have to look up this savage picture of him. 
the Shiyoshi Shinjo, where is he now? The suit with like the he's got like the red tips in his he's hair. He's even cooler he's, than I remember. Yeah, he is the good man. for him. I, this makes this is my favorite where in the world we've done because it's, it has a happy ending for somebody that's so awesome. And I was just curious because the weird thing about Shinjo is he holds such a special place in Met fans' hearts, and we remember him so differently than what he actually was. Yeah. Because that year in two thousand one. He batted 268. He hit 10 home runs. It, it just was like the most average year ever. He only stole four bases. He was caught stealing five times. And then he only played two more years in the big leagues. Like yeah. It was such a, like, nothing short. It was a, not a spectacular no, career. No, he was, like, this might, this isn't racist. I'm just comparing him. He's like Taka Tanaka from Major League. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean that's not even wrong though. I like, mean that's what he is. That, that's what that's what, he was a real life Taka Tanaka from Major League. He's he's a legend, and I'm glad that that was your pick because it's the first happy <laughs> ending we've had. It's about time. Mine, I guess, has a happy ending. It's more of a weird ending. So I'm doing Antonio Tarver, and you're not going to recognize by hearing just the name. He is a famous boxer that was also actually. The actor that plays the guy that fights Rocky in the movie Rocky Balboa. Not one, two, three, four, or five, or Creed. The one in, the between, one in between that no one remembers from 2006 what? where Rocky's like 50, like 60 years old and, and returns the fight. He's, How is this a happy ending? So this guy pulled off the most savage move ever, I found out, while they were filming the movie. So they wanted a boxer instead of an actor to play this role because they said it's easier to teach someone how to act than how to box. Whatever. It's, I mean, that's probably... It's probably true. Probably it's, true. It's, yeah. So he agrees to do the movie. They start shooting. They do everything. They get to the final scene, which is at the MGM Grand. Getting the MGM Grand and filling it to film a movie is... I mean, Steve both work in production... Is very difficult. That, yeah, it costs near, a lot of yeah. money. <laughs> so he, they get there, they got everyone, and they got the dude that calls the fights. The I forget his name. They got everyone that actually like Max Kellerman's the side. Oh, they got they went they, they like went it's a legit out. broadcast. I watched I rewatched the movie. That's how bad. That's how sad it is. I know this, and the production value was great. He they get there and he said I won't shoot the scenes unless I get a back end deal and more money. So they're all set up, and they're screwed because he just says, nah, I'm not doing it. They already shot the whole movie. This guy's a genius. He's, this is a happy ending. So he has held them hostage. And you don't just say, we'll come back to the MGM Grand in two weeks with the same. So Stallone actually had to give him his back-end deal and all of his money. And, and Stallone made $0 from the movie Rocky Balboa, thanks to him. Wow, so, what an animal. Yeah, so this guy went through, had a that lawsuit. That guy is a legend. Yeah, and he ended up doing a little commentary for Showtime, which Showtime's savage for hiring him after this move. And uh, so he's pretty rich by right now. Wow, that is a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. I guess good for him. That's great for I him. I mean, it's really it's genius. It, like, I don't, it's probably not the most ethical you know, thing to do. It's not the most ethical thing to do, but when you think about it, what he did was he... Waited to get to the point where they couldn't say no, and then he said, "All right, here's the deal." And Stallone's rich, so Stallone made money off of every other Rocky movie. That was probably the worst one of, out of all of them. I would say Rocky Five was worse. Yeah. Rocky Five was bad. Yeah, Rocky Five was terrible. This one though was worse than I remember. I saw it in 2006, so I was like, I, I don't know, 15. But a 60 year old Rocky like coming back trying to fight. It was worse than I remember. It's terrible. It was bad. It's hard. No, but like even the script was just really cheeseball. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone wrote all the scripts. It just got worse as he, it, yeah. as Which, he got his head pounded in, they got worse. Now, Creed, on the other hand, was awesome. But I didn't see Creed, it's, actually. Oh, it's, I heard it was it's really good. It's literally, it's shockingly that it's great. Everyone that but I... But also the director's great, and, and Michael B. Jordan that acted in it was great. Stallone's kind of a minor part, so... All right, well, now you know those where those guys you know. are. <laughs> uh, we'll go on to some hockey... Rangers get a nice win the other night against the Hurricanes on who I think their best defensive player is in Rick Nash. And I don't know if that's a hot take because that's, yes, saying he's better. That's a hot take. It's a, he's a better defensive player right now than Ryan McDonough. It's I think take. Rick Nash, when the Rangers are on the ice, is their best overall defensive player. He's their best player when he's on the ice. Without he's doubt. Been, and he's... I hate the Ranger fans that don't like Rick Nash. No, You know what? It's, it's so evident, too, when you watch him. 
that he's the best player when he's on the ice. It's not like close. the other night. So I went to the Senators game that they lost two nothing. First of all, he's a horse. He's gigantic. He's he's a horse, and you notice him whenever he's on the ice. You notice he's on the ice, not because of his size, because he's make he's involved in every play that happens. He's the best four checker. He on the team. he. They were shorthand. No, they were on the power play. He went end to end through three guys and got he got stopped. I mean, I know he didn't finish. Any Ranger fan right now who's listening is like, oh, but he didn't finish. So, yeah, we we'll like, watched the game last night. Yeah. He single handedly won them. Yes, the game, it, so it, just go away. He went end to end, and I, Craig Anderson shut them out. He made a great save on it, but like, dude, not a lot of guys can, can do, do things like that. And that's the problem with Rick Nash. There's there's a set, there's a thing in sports where some guys make it look so easy or effortless. They naturally look effortless that you think they're I don't want to say dog in it, but Nash is so big and so fluid that it almost looks like he's not going 150 percent, and he is at all times. And yeah. it, he's just a special player. Rick Nash is pound for pound your best all around, one of your best all around players, if not your best. It's a personality player. thing because. He doesn't have the same personality that guys like Kreider and JT Miller have, which I love. I love those guys. Yeah, but the- and they'll get in your face and scream at you and punch you. Nash is not that kind of guy, but he's just a- he's a, he's a lead player. by example kind the of. The Rangers. Here's a- my last line about the Rangers. Here is that I thought the Rangers would be at best the middle of the pack team this year because I thought their defense would be bottom of the league. And I underestimated how good their forwards are on the defensive end. Yes, their fo- their forwards have been excellent. Have been unbelievable. And I think that a lot of that goes to how good of a coach Vigneault is. Vigneault is phenomenal. And anyone who says like he can't win the big one, I just want you to just shut your mouth right now. Let's we, find out. We're gonna we're find gonna, out. We're gonna find out. I think we just need to touch on this real quick because the last time he was still around, and right now he's injured. Zabanajad going out for six to eight weeks hurts this team a little bit because now. He wins faceoffs, and he that's, does. That's not that's one a of big the element for them. That's not one of the the strong points of the rest of this team, no doubt. And it kind of takes away that little that line. There's been a crack in the armor yeah, since he's been hurt. Yeah, since he's been hurt, you notice it. You, but uh, they're so deep that they're they're going to hold their own, and I'm not really worried. When your team's good, you know. Yeah. And now when your team's not good, you also know, which is why the Jets are completely irrelevant. And yes. we're not, we're not going to do the Jets. We're going to skip them. We, we have boycotted Jet Talk, and we are going, we're going to talk NFL MVP. Race. A little MVP. Slightly, uh, quickly. We'll just put our candidates in. My NFL MVP, and I don't know if this is a cheesy answer or not, is the Cowboys offensive line. Obviously, that's not what the award's going to go to. It's going to go to one player. But just being realistic, I think the Cowboys offensive line is the most valuable unit in football. I think the most valuable player is Derek Carr. I agree with you. I think Derek Carr should win the MVP. I know I know everyone's talking about Dak and Zeke Elliott yep. for the MVP. Now, I think Derek Carr is my guy because look, I mean, I know Dak's been great, but Derek Carr gets asked to do more. I mean, he is a special player yeah. on third and long. Yeah. And that's all I need to know about him. Yes. And Derek Carr and not Derek Carr, Dak Prescott. He is last in the league in passes of 20 yards or more. And I know that might be a little bit of an irrelevant stat, but I'm just yeah, saying... it's not irrelevant, But though. it's not irrelevant. I'm just saying Derek Carr is asked to do a lot more for his team. 100%. And they're in first place right now. And they have right now they have the one seed in the AFC, I believe. Or they're tied with the Dak Patriots. is the fun story. Carr is the MVP. And we're going to get off of the MVP talk because, you know, Jets. We're going to get off the NFL. We're going to go to another actually relevant story. College football playoff... The latest rankings just came out right before championship weekend. Um, we got Bama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Washington 4. And then you got Michigan dropped down to 5. And then Wisconsin and Penn State are 6 and 7. Colorado's at 8. You don't need to know anymore after that. I yeah, don't even think that's it. Those are the teams that those, are, I mean, I guess, in it. Those yeah. teams that are in it. Now, I am fully 150% convinced Pac-12 is getting left out of the playoff. Two big teams. Even if the... Even if Washington wins, even if Washington wins, they Pac-12 is getting left out of the play. I want to say you're wrong, like because that's what I want to believe. But there's a scary part of me that believes you. Here's why. So here's what I think. So Washington's strength of schedule has not been great. No, I know they beat, they pounded Stanford when Stanford was ranked fifth at like week four. That's not the point. Their strength of schedule hasn't been great. Colorado's strength of schedule, also not great. Colorado also has that loss head-to-head to Michigan early in the season. Colorado's not getting in. Now, Colorado's not going to get in. Now, here's the funny thing with 
Ohio State, this committee's never had the committee has never had to deal with this before. A team that's in the top four that is not going to play in their conference title game and is not going to win their conference. So they're at two, and they're going to get in because the committee picks teams that travel well, which is heinous. That's the reason. Well, that's, that's true. That's the reason Ohio State got in when the year they won the national title. They got in over Baylor and TCU right. because they travel right. better. They travel better than Baylor and TCU. At the end of the day, college football, they could say it's about the kids. It's about money. No, it's about money. And it's that's all it. about money. And that's why Washington is not going to get in, and then the winner of Penn State and Wisconsin is going to go in, and Washington is going to be bumped down to five, and then they're going to be like, oh, Michigan's bumped down to five because they didn't play. And I could even I make see it. And I could even make a case for Michigan because I know they lost to Iowa. You can't lose to Iowa. They lost in overtime to Ohio State. They beat both teams that are in the Big Ten Championship game, and they beat Penn State 49-10. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Penn State, what hurts Penn State more than it helps Michigan, I think, is that blowout. Yes. I think that blowout said a lot. And I know Penn State's a different team right now, and I think the USC team that beat Washington was a different team the second half of the year. They were definitely were. The USC team that lost to Alabama week one, they got so they got different. smoked. I, I would... Now... So that's what we think is going to happen. What would you like to see happen? Because I would like to see... We know Alabama's in whatever. Obviously Clemson. I well, would, if they win, if Clemson loses, well, I think they could get bumped out. That's true, too. That's very true. All I'll say is I would really like to see Washington in because I think they're one of the most fun teams in college football. I would love to... I want to see... This has nothing to do with me liking yeah. or disliking Washington. No, it's the truth of the, I, the NCAA. It's, the, it's how the committee the, works. Exactly. And... It's 100% the truth, and you know what? The NCAA is licking their chops. You know what I think they're going to do, honestly? What I think they're going to do is Ohio State, by not playing this weekend, is going to get bumped to four so that they can have the Alabama-Ohio State semifinal game because they are licking their chops yeah. for that matchup because that is just a moneymaker for everybody except the guys on the field because why not? What I, I think it's going to go Bama. I think if Clemson wins, they're going to jump Ohio State. And then I think Washington, regardless, is getting bumped down. So yeah, they might really get axed out of I think thing. Washington's getting bumped down. Ohio State is going to fall to four. And then the Big Ten champ's going to bump to three. It's so ridiculous. It's, 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 it's heinous. I hate even saying it. Yeah. I hate talking about it because – but I think that's just what the committee is going to do. And moving on to another thing that we think is heinous, and we'll breeze through this, is that the news no one cares about. Yes. Time for the last call. Uh, the news <coughs> no one cares about for me, the Tebow rejecting $1 million to impress Belichick. Did you see this? I saw this. I saw this. You know what? I was going to talk about this, and then I was like, we've talked about Tebow so and much, I don't want to that, talk about but it. But that's the point of news no one cares about is that you don't want to talk about it, but you have to. Tebow is like a cockroach. You cut his head off, and the body's just still moving. He's such a good dude that I don't want to trash him, but I also don't want to hear this. Listen, Belichick... You know who he is, so you're not reading this and saying, wow, I'm shocked that Belichick told Tebow to turn down a million-dollar endorsement opportunity. Knowing he was going to cut him two weeks later. I don't feel bad here because it's your own problem if you rejected a million dollars to be one of the guys. Yeah. That's because, just... sorry to like all, all my bros out there, I'm not denying a million dollars if that means like, oh, you know, I, I just want to be one of the guys, like, don't do that. That's basically what it's coming off as. Yeah, also, like, Tebow had this thing in his head that he was going to be, like, Tom Brady's yeah. predecessor, which I, he must not have watched He's any game. Delusional. He must not have watched any game film of himself no, um, playing quarterback in the NFL. Um, so he thought he was going to be a Patriot for life, which is part of the reason that he... He would have been if he played like a, the fullback tight end position because they love guys like that. Yes, but he's too stubborn to do that. And that's which the, really pisses that's me That's Tebow's off. downfall that he's too stubborn yeah. to switch positions. He'd be in the NFL for 10 years. Exactly. Make, he'd make all his money. He wouldn't be trying to play this – he wouldn't be doing this stupid thing trying to play baseball right for now. For our New York Mets. For the New York Mets. I just – just, just – oh, he gets me yes. so pissed off. He's another guy that gets me pissed off. Yeah. We're done with Tebow on your on your end. This guy pisses. This me guy off, pisses yeah. me off too. Johnny Manziel, he's being sued for breaking a bartender's nose at a bar. You know, I'm just so sick of hearing about Johnny Manziel. Like everybody knew. It's been a while. 
it, for Manziel standards. For Manziel standards. I think it's been like a month or two. That's a long time for Manziel standards. It, that is. The last time I heard from him was like a reporter running up to him on the street asking if the Browns would bring him back, and he just like laughed and got in his car. And I was like, oh, like this maybe he turned over a new leaf. And then like I read this, that he broke a bartender's nose because the bartender was apparently talking to someone else about Johnny Manziel. So Johnny Manziel came upstairs, went behind the bar, and punched him in the face. And then when the bartender swung back at him, he ran out the emergency exit. Because he's like five foot eight, 110 pounds. Yeah, and he gets thrown around like a rag doll, yeah. wherever he is. You knew this kid's been trouble since the day he stepped on the field. I don't like since the day he left A and M. He's been trouble. He was trouble at A and M, but it was college, so it was like, all right, yeah, like it's kind of like college phase. But yeah, I'll hope never he grew down in the NFL. Yeah, never grew up. He just came from money. And That's just biggest, never, yeah. and never got rid of it. I don't want to hear about him anymore. I, I'm he, he is like Tebow, just on the other extreme. Like I'm sick of hearing about him. I don't want to. That's it. I'm done. I'm with you there. Uh, so we're gonna go back to questions of the week next week. We're gonna take a break this week just because we're kind of running long here. We're running very long. Um, dad stories. Dad. Yep. I got. So I get back from Iceland. Mind you, I'm exhausted. Uh, my dad tells me. Hey, I'll pick you up tomorrow instead of you taking the train down the shore. The train down the shore from Hoboken takes like over three hours. Yeah. For no long. reason. It's long. It's, it's not that far. No, it's just this train that crawls. It, <laughs> you have to transfer two or three times. So I'm like, all right, awesome. Like, this is great. So, and I should have known my... Or so you thought. It, yeah, well, no, it still was. But he, so he ended up one... I had a lot... It got back from Iceland. I was out of the country for a while. And I haven't been in my apartment much this month. I've been traveling a lot for work and for leisure. So he wanted to come in like, well, I had to leave Hoboken really early the next day. So I didn't get a lot done. But, you know, I, it's on his time. I didn't want to be rude. So I get moving. So he offers to son. pick me up in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So it's a quick train ride from here. Probably like 35, 40 minutes. Elizabeth is a, it's a rough town. But whatever. That's not the problem. So he picks me up in Elizabeth. We get in the car. And I look at him and I'm like, you know, you want me to get you back to the highway to get down the shore? And he goes, no, 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 I know how to do it. That's bad news. I know that. I know that. I know it's bad news. My dad refuses to ever use a GPS. No. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, this man will still use a map oh, over no. a map. A map. A map. A map. A Paper. map. Like, you roll it out and you look at it and you see where you're going. <laughs> so, oh. so, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I just got back from my trip. It was fine. Like, I didn't want to give him a hard time. So I'm He like, was okay. celebrating the pilgrims finding so, America. So, we drove him down. <laughs> uh, and I love my dad for this. I really applaud how stubborn he could be with the GPS thing. So, I drive down. We drive down. And I can just tell we're just not getting anywhere fast out of Elizabeth. So he pulls into like a you know like a lot of like a like, uh, just a couple of buildings, and I'm like, what are you doing? And I was like, do you want me to get the GPS? And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, this guy, I'll know. I'm like, no. So then before I can even say no, he rolls down the window. He asks some tow truck driver, uh, if what, like directions to get out of there. Guy tells him the directions, and uh, you know he was he was a local like Hispanic guy, so like he had an accent, whatever. And I knew right away there's no way my dad just processed all of that. <laughs> He didn't write it down, he, you know, half listening. I said, Dad, do you want me to write it down what he said? Do you want me to pull up the GPS? No, 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 I got it. Drive around Elizabeth for another 15, 20 minutes. Pulls up next to a cop. And, I'm, and now I'm getting pissed because, one, I want to get home. I'm tired. I'm jet lagged. Five and a half hour, five hour difference. And you don't want to sit in a car. And he goes, oh, you know, uh, first off, his excuse for asking the cop, this is, mind you, down the second time we're asking for directions, refuses to let me help. Will not, this man will not let me help him. He tells me, oh, yeah, cops and firefighters, we look out for each other. Bullshit. That's such bullshit. No, they, that's such bullshit. You ever see the cops, uh, firefighters hockey game? Yeah, where no, they, they Where they all fight each other nonstop? So the cop gives him directions. We finally get out of Elizabeth, like, 20 minutes later. Is that not, like, the most... Just, By the time you got out of Elizabeth, you would have been home. Almost. Yeah. My mom, point. literally, I walked in the door. My mom, my mom, who hasn't seen me in God knows, you know, a couple of weeks, and I just got back from Europe, goes, what the hell took so long? And I tell her, and she just she didn't even have a reaction. Does she, your mom use a GPS? Yes. My, the, mom, the, the, my mom is fully up to date on everything. Yeah. He is, too. This is a man that uses an iPad every night. Why can't he use a he GPS? Just, it's, a, it's a stubborn man thing. Like, a, I'm not doing it. Like, you have any of those things? I have one that I'm going to talk about later, actually. 
Uh, actually, after Steve tells his story, my stubborn man thing. Well, I mean, I do have a stubborn man thing. You know, I'll mine's tell- umbrellas, and I'll get into it later. All right, I'll tell my stubborn man thing later as you tell yours. I'll move to my dad. My dad is bold, hot take, bold prediction. I like this a lot. I walk in, <laughs> I walk into the house the other day, and I go, "Man, how bad did the Giants look against the Browns?" And he goes, "They're eight and three. Guarantee they go eight and eight. <laughs> He's a, he's a Giants fan. Giants fan. He's a Giants fan. He goes, guarantee they go 8-8. Eight eight. I go, you really think so? He goes, they're going 8-8. Eight eight. He goes, have you seen them play? They stink. He goes, 8-8. Hey. <laughs> he goes, eight and, eight. and then he's like sitting there like eating ice cream and he just turns around and walks out. <laughs> I, was like, you, I was like, you know what? This man has seen a lot of Giants teams. He knows they stink. He, and he might be onto something. Listen, it's a tough schedule. I know. Steelers at Steelers. Versus Cowboys, versus the Lions, who are playing really well. At Eagles, at Redskins. Two teams they do not do well against. The only thing that they might have in their favor is that the Lions play awful away from Detroit. Yeah, and Matt Stafford's good for four picks in that game. The Lions aren't, listen, the Giants aren't going, I'm not saying the Giants are going 8 8. I love the hot take. They team. might. It's a hot take. I team. love it's the hot take. And if they do, Oh if they God. do, I might have to get him on the show, even though he yeah. definitely say. And I'll never drive with GPS again. No. So, <laughs> oh, that is that's a, that that's is a, your bet. That is the I bet. I will never use GPS again if the Giants go eight. If the eight. Giants go eight and eight. God, Connor and GPS are done. So even on work trips. On to my stubborn thing. My dumbest thing I saw this week. Listen, I'm a guy that I can appreciate a good rainy day. It doesn't bother people. Get all out of whack with the rain. It doesn't bother me. Rain doesn't bother. Since me. I work in New York City. The one red flag on a rainy day is idiots with umbrellas. Anyone with an umbrella. They're all they can't walk. Idiots. They can't they, walk. First off, their umbrellas co- could cover half of fucking state of New York, all of these people. They're huge. They got these umbrellas that can cover an eight-person family. Yep. I don't understand that. Two, they all walk looking at their phones while holding the umbrella diagonal. So it's hit. I got hit in the head three times yesterday. By the third one... I almost broke the umbrella. You should have. You sh- I, I would have loved to I see. I think. I think I would have got put in solitary confinement. Immediately. Was it, was it that bad? Yeah. You know what? No, I, I controlled myself. I don't understand how people can hit other people with the umbrella because that don't have umbrellas. Because I know you don't have an umbrella. I, of course not. I know I'm an adult. I, yes. I know, I know you don't have an umbrella. You I, don't I, own an umbrella. I don't own an umbrella. I've never had. You one. don't even own sleeves on your shirts. No, let alone I have, an umbrella. I have a rain jacket that has a hood, and I stay dry. Because when I walk in, I take the jacket off and my clothes underneath are dry. I don't need an umbrella. It's stupid. And people – it wouldn't be stupid if people knew how to control themselves. They don't know how to control themselves. My favorite is when two people with an umbrella are walking towards each other and they don't know which way to move <laughs> the umbrella. So one person's like going up and then the other one goes up at the same time and they like get into like a little standoff. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to watch because umbrellas – you are right. Umbrellas are stupid. I'm not going to lie. I do actually use one. I, it's okay. I do. I don't use judge one. you because not all the idiot. not all the time. It's got to so, be serious. It's got to be like serious. But then at that point, it's like the it's like the fu rain where it's like it doesn't matter if you have an umbrella. No, like it, everything, it's, the rain it's coming, comes up from underneath you. It's coming from the side. Umbrellas don't coming. work, and nobody knows how to use one. No umbrellas don't work. My stubborn man thing is I refuse to use backup cams in cars. Okay, like, I got. I got that's that's pretty bad. I got like I got <laughs> I like them. I got a car with the backup cam. I don't use it. I don't trust it because one time I used it and I actually hit the car. See, I agree with that. And I hit the car and I was like, you know what? I'm not using this thing anymore. I and also I feel safer when I turn and look and use my mirrors. I don't want to let. I, I mean, that's how you're taught. Yeah, you I take the driver's test. Exactly. I don't trust a camera. I know it sounds stupid because I work with cameras. 98% of the time because you know it like we're in production but no doubt but I don't like backup cams and I won't use well that them. one experience itself will, it'll change you forever yeah. I would, after that if I hit a car I'd never use it again no and it's like you how like what is this thing judging this is yeah. dumb now the dumbest thing I saw this week speaking of dumb things um, so I'm on a shoot at this guy's apartment that I'll bad get, start I'll get to that Never Wait, fun when you gotta go. To I'll get game. I'll get to that later because you try we tried fitting like fifteen people in a one bedroom Manhattan apartment. Nice. Do do the math with production equipment, but that's besides the point. Now speaking of the production equipment, we're we're packing up. Shoots over, packing up, going with ask for the freight elevator. The keyword is freight, meaning an elevator that carries cargo, which would imply that it goes down to the street. 
so that you don't have to break your ass carrying this up and down steps. So we move all the equipment out of the apartment and right outside the freight elevator. Freight elevator takes like 10 minutes to get up. They always do. Guy comes up. There's always a guy in the freight elevator because he runs it up and down. (laughs) This freight elevator is no bigger than the regular (laughs) elevator. So... We try getting some stuff in. We can't. We can get like two camera bags and a stand in the elevator. And the guy's like, the guy's like, get more stuff. I'm like, dude, we can't fit. It's me and my buddy Manny trying to get in the elevator with this guy. My buddy Manny is like, he's my height and he's like a bull. All right, he he took up half the elevator. This dude, his beard took up half the elevator. Then finally we get down. Now we go down. Great elevator goes down. Like I said, freight elevator so that it would go on the street. Guy comes out, guy gets out of the elevator and goes, yeah, you got to walk up the stairs. <laughs> got to walk up the stairs. Do you people not know what a, what a point? freight elevator is? First of all, it's not. I don't think they did. I didn't think you got conned. We got long conned. Yeah, like- it was, you had to walk up 16 steps. We had to carry equipment up 16 steps. We took a freight elevator that could fit two people and a midget. Down to, down to the basement. Two and a half. D- down to the basement and then walk upstairs to the street. You have to be kidding me. It's so, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my that's, entire life. That is one of the better, dumbest things we've had. Because that's really stupid. It's so dumb. And then the guy tries to tell us, he's like, he's like, yeah, this is a freedom. I'm like, this is not, you don't know what that means. Yeah, you, you think you do. You, this you is think not, you know what that means. This is an, ele- saying it, this is an elevator with a, this is an elevator with an Eastern European old man in here who doesn't like his job. That's what this is. Oh, and that, yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like we've all, if you've been in New York City, you've all been through this. It's yeah. crazy. It's it's heinous. Lobbies are an interesting. We could talk about New York City lobbies any other time. I don't. I, th- getting that, away. That's from, an episode. Getting away from New York City, as Steve said, I was in Iceland for four days. Story leading, time. Leading Iceland. up to Thanksgiving, it's story time. Uh, so Iceland is awesome. I got two two quick stories. One, I decided. Well, my friends wanted to climb this mountain that was six kilometers high, which is it's steep. With six kilometers high, when the mountain is really steep, is so it's tough to walk, and it, it's the type of mountain where you get halfway and it starts snowing really hard in your face because it's like you're so high up. I'm sure you were in sleeves though. So I, I, I was fully decked out. You were decked out. Decked out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a backpack. So the path just stops when we're near the top, and all like, I, you get a bad sign when the locals start to turn around. Yeah, it's a problem when you're in a foreign country. My two other friends were way ahead. They were I don't know what they did. They went like a different way. Me and my one friend. Who he's awesome, he's nuts, but he's terrified of heights. Oh, not great. It's not the guy you want to be holding hands with. When not great. Up a mountain. So he goes first. The path stops because it's just about it's a steep angle, which is a sheet of ice that you have to dig your foot into the side. And I know equipment shocking. Of course, you dig your foot into the side of it as you go across. It's kind of like if you were like crawling a ledge, and you um basically just have to hold on for dear life. So it's like basically crawling against a ledge. And I tell him, don't look down. And the first thing he did is look down. So we were paused, like basically stuck up there for a little bit. I finally got him to nudge a little forward. I'll have to post a picture for this podcast to just show how it was. Because it was like one wrong step and you were done. Yeah, you're you, gone. You were you were in like a that was a dire straits for you right there. Yeah, at that moment. So we, especially with someone who hates heights and not yes, it was. Well, I, yeah. Well, you said don't. You can't say don't. Just, all you should have yes. said was look, look up. down or look. Yeah. All right, you should have said right. was look up yeah. because as soon as you say don't, his mind doesn't hear the don't. His mind says here's look down and he looks down and that's that. And so, you, you were cooked. Yeah. So we made it, but that was like visually one of the craziest things I've definitely ever seen. The second thing, and this is kind of another dumbest thing I saw this week, was I went snowmobiling with a group of 15 people. I had my own. Some people had doubles. By the way, he was shirtless snowmobiling. Shirtless snowmobiling in the middle of a glacier. So when you get there, they tell you the single people take the front ones. The people on doubles and want to ride slow take the back. Who takes the first two snowmobiles but two couples? Of course. Why not? Why not? People have this obsession that they have to stick close to the tour guide. So I'm assuming that's what it was. So push comes to shove, I 
blew these people away. Just dusted them. It, like, and snow shoots out of snowmobiles, so I probably literally dusted them. And you, they were not happy. You guys have to see the look on Connor's face right now. I was so He happy. got so much joy. Because they of, got so angry. If you don't listen, you deserve whatever you well, get. Well, if you don't listen, you deserve what you get. Also, if you're a couple and you're trying, like, just you, stay out of just the way. Stay out of stay the way. Out of the way. Like, go do sightseeing. Like, stay, stay out of the way unless you're going to go on two single ones. And keep up with the pack. Yeah. That's it. That's just, that's how I see it. That's so that, those are my two, uh, one funny, one pretty crazy story. Pretty crazy story. I mean, I can go on for days about Iceland, but I want to hear, <laughs> listen, all it says in the doc for Steve's is how he broke a $4,000 chandelier before a shoot and why he's not upset about it at all. All right. So I can't really mention names because I don't know who's going to listen to this. But anyway, it was the shoot with the freight elevator. This was a doozy. This was a doozy. Now, so what people don't understand, when you shoot something first in a studio and then you need to shoot it again, but you want to do it at an apartment, you need all the equipment from the studio to make it look the same, aka the lights and all the good things that come with that. Otherwise, it doesn't look the same. You got to take it through the freight elevator. You got to take it through the freight (laughs) elevator to get there, by the way. So... We get to the we go the night before to set up this guy's apartment and he's like apparently everything that he owns in his apartment is like an antique from like South Africa and this guy's just he's really getting on everybody's nerves and like the way he looked at everybody just the I'm better than you look because I live in this apartment and didn't want you there and didn't want you always get that feeling on shoots it's the worst and you know what whatever you deal with it in production sometimes you just you just eat it. You eat your words. Now, the next day, we go, and he's got this really expensive chandelier hanging from the ceiling. Problem, we're in an apartment. It's in the way because we had to shoot into his kitchen. Chandelier's in the way. And it's hanging from, like, the chain. It's like the chain. Yeah, it's like, legit. It's legit. And it's all – so basically what this chandelier is, it's all, like, thick icicles of of uh, glass all hooked on separately all around. Beautiful chandelier. We have to move this thing out of the way. Eight idiots that we are think, you know what? We don't have to take each piece off individually and put it back together. We're going to zip tie it up so it's going to stay there the whole time. And everyone's like, that's a great idea. Like, we're like, yeah, this is... Was he here for this? Yeah, he was here. Oh, great. Now, he didn't hear what we were trying to do. We just asked him, can we do it? And he was like, yeah, because he had no idea what was going on. He doesn't know anything about production. He's technically the talent. So, this is taking like 25 minutes. There's like five people standing underneath the chandelier trying to get it done. Zip ties are on. And we're like, feels good? Yeah, feels good. Great. Never a good sign. Everybody moves their hands away. Crash! Oh, Chandelier God, all over every piece of glass that could have fallen off the chandelier fell off the okay, chandelier. Okay, so how did one he react? So we all were in silence for a good three seconds. Yeah, you guys screwed up bad. Like a good three seconds, we're all in silence. My boss's hand is gashed oh, because. No. One of them fell and just cut his hand wide open. <laughs> this couldn't and have gone worse could, or better for Couldn't you. have gone worse but better for me. And the guy, the guy is in his bedroom and he like makes like a, that noise like what just happened. Like when you react yeah, and you yeah, don't yeah. know what it was and you hope it's not that bad. And my boss yells out, it's okay, we got insurance. <sighs> not really making the situation much better. Guy comes, guy comes in, and he's just looking at it because his chandelier is just demolished all over the floor. And my boss is like, "No, no, I'm really serious. We have insurance. Like it's okay." I'm like, "This guy does not want to hear about no insurance yeah. right now. His chandelier is toast. Is toast." And my boss goes, "This isn't like an antique from South Africa. Like this could be replaced, right?" And the guy, <laughs> the guy just goes, "Yeah." Just put the broken glass in a box. Oh, and dude. Now, for a minute, I felt bad because this guy wasn't... He wasn't 
reacting. He was just like, all right, whatever, it happened. Like it's dead cool. inside. Dead inside. But this was a cooking segment, and they made four pounds of king crab legs. And at the end of the segment, when you could have fed the crew, he took the pan of crab legs and threw it in the garbage pile. And I don't feel bad at all about the chandelier. After seeing that... Wait, so he did that before the chandelier thing? The crab legs? Yeah. No, no, after the chandelier. Okay, well that's probably why. After the chandelier. But it's still like a petty thing to do. Dude, we didn't get to eat because he needed us out by one. So like we had to show up at seven and be out by one and shoot the segment. We had we had a limited amount of time. Usually you have to feed a crew like that. We just were like we can't feed anyone. We just like wait. So he literally threw them out. Threw them out. And That's now like scumbag. And one of the guys on the crew like was convinced that we were eating. He was just so psyched about food. Oh. And like when the guy threw the crab legs in the garbage, it was like a little kid who's expecting a bunch of presents under his tree on Christmas, and he goes downstairs and there's nothing there. And just his face dropped. So just throw food out. That kind of kills me. Just throw it out. Also, let me mind you, the crab legs were from Whole Foods. Like, four pounds of crab legs from Whole Foods is like bordering on a hundred bucks. You're just pissing money away at that point. Yeah, that, but also just how many people he could have fed. Not even just you guys. Not even just us. Give it to a homeless guy. If he would have said, I'm giving this to homeless people. You'd be like, okay, he's that kind of guy. Cool. Cool. I mean, they're just throwing. Some people are just. Wait, and then the kicker. We're done emptying out the apartment, and he doesn't even. He says to one of the guys, he goes, oh, by the way, that chandelier is going to have to be replaced. Oh, of course. I, I knew that was coming. And But doesn't say it to my boss or oh, anyone who's running a, the shoot. Just, just says person? it to one of the production people. Well, he's an idiot. Then. One of our shooters. So it's not getting replaced. Unless ne- he hits up your boss. Never getting replaced. Just unbelievable. I, I was just baffled by the whole thing. You know what? I don't even care about the about the goddamn chandelier. No, good. It wasn't no. even that good. The crab legs didn't really you know, bother me. Cra- the crab it's legs. It's kind of bothering me right now. It's bothering me because I'm starving because I've been yes. drinking juice all day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. So I think we're going to probably uh, have some dinner because the last call is over and I think we've gone on way, way too enough. long. I might cut it Although, down. I, I, lo- I love the story though. We'll see. Yeah. I also don't think the guy's, a, that's a shitty thing. Yeah. Do. It's a shitty move. I mean, at least give it to a homeless person like two days before Thanksgiving. Throw it Couldn't out. even do that. You throw it in. And the claw was so big. It was like, Oh my god, I can't even explain. It was like the size of an iPhone 7. You know, it was unbelievable. It, you know what it tastes like. It would have been yeah. delicious. Unreal. I can't talk about it anymore. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Send your questions and all that other good stuff. See you, everyone.